everybody, and welcome back to the Masterful Podcast, episode 21. We can drink now, Travis. Hell we, yeah. 21 episodes. <laughs> I think that means we can we can drink now because we're of legal age. Uh, is that is that how that works? I think that's, that's how, how that works. works. That is exactly how that works. <laughs> welcome everybody. My name is Chris Davis. You your host. Joined with the other gorgeous host in the room, Travis Burlingame. We also have a little bit of a guest going on here, but before we dive into that, Travis, I always have to ask, brother, how are we doing today? I'm doing very, very well. I adulted pretty hard today. You want to hear about it? I bought a sectional. What? And it got delivered today. How? Okay, Ooh, it's a okay. three-piece sectional, so it's got the... It's got that little thing where like it doesn't have a backrest, whatever that's called. It's like the it's like a leg rest thing, but it's soft like the rest of the couch. I don't know what it's called. It's called a chase. Not, it, it's called a chase. It's called okay, a chase. That, oh, that's what it's go. called. It's called a chase. I, I got one of those things. I got the the love seat center, and then I got the other side up against the wall, and it's gray and it's awesome, and it I. I can't wait to sit on it. Now you know we're gonna need pictures, right? We're gonna need oh, some, yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah, need some yeah. pictures. I, post it on the Twitter. Post it on Facebook. You know, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> share gotta it with let, the social media world. We gotta let the people know what my taste in sofa is. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, yeah. I find it very funny and, and humorous that you adulted today and you still don't know, didn't know what a chase was. So hey, you like went, partially adulted. Look, I went into the Ashley Furniture Home Store, pointed oh. at that couch, and said, "I want that couch in my house. Figure it out." Was I'll it the first? Was it like the first couch you saw, or did you like the, browse a couple? It was the cheapest couch I saw. Okay, okay, that's no, the right way to do it. <laughs> no, it, 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 <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't cheap, right? Like I didn't buy a hundred and fifty dollars sectional sofa. Like it's a decent, decent sofa, but uh, it's an investment. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm excited for it. Nice, dude. Nice. Well, I love to hear it, man. I love to hear it. It's a little bit of a dreary day here in Texas. It's been raining all day, and I'm I'm, just... I'm a little upset because uh, two hours north of me, it's snowing, and they've got like five or six inches of snow, and we just get oh, rain. Dude, it's like 65 I, I degrees I wish I had rain. Sunny. <laughs> it's 65 degrees and sunny in, in South Jersey right now. I'm a little jealous. I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm just a little jealous. Well, you know what, buddy? Let's uh, let's introduce our guest here uh, and, and, and and dive into it a little bit, man. This is I've known this guy um, for quite a long time. Uh, both of us have really. We yeah. we've known this guy since he was uh, the ripe age of 13, which makes it sound a little bit weird, but we're just gonna roll with it. Uh, thank you, Drum Corps. <laughs> um, met this guy. He and I shared rookie years together at the Jersey Surf. He went on to have uh, a pretty phenomenal drum corps career, in my opinion. Uh, went on to uh, do a lot of really cool music stuff and sound stuff. Is a multi-award winner. And I don't even remember what the awards are. I didn't look them up, so sorry I didn't do my research. Um, but uh, I digress. We have the man, the myth, the legend, Jesse Garcia on the podcast with us today. Everybody, welcome Mr. Garcia, brother. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. I was just telling Travis, I haven't seen some of you guys like in person in a really long time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been watching your podcast and that's why I reached out to you, Chris, to say like, it's just it's awesome you guys are doing this, especially during quarantine. And I've been enjoying watching it and getting, you know, li listening to you guys. And I'm so happy that you guys are like constantly doing this because mm -hmm. it's just great to see. So I'm doing great and I'm definitely excited to be here. Nice. Yeah, dude. dude. One one of my favorite parts of doing this is like going back and reminiscing and telling the old stories that we all have in our head. Yeah. But 
in in the real world we might not have the right people to tell these stories to right right and the people where you can bounce off and have the conversation go on like the people might not know this but we talked for 20 minutes before the podcast even started <laughs> yeah. telling drum corps stories and stuff like that and and it was i thought just... the podcast was on <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was we... like i'm ready to go i don't know what the fuck's happening <laughs> let's yeah, do it man that happens with us a, a fair bit but no, jesse i'm excited to have you here i'm excited to have you on the show why don't you take a couple minutes catch people up on who you are where you live in what are you doing yeah just yeah go. you got it yeah so just go yeah so obviously my name is jesse um so i've known i've known these clowns since probably like 2006 i'd say accurate um, description actually accurate. yes <laughs> um yes yeah, so we marched we it's kind of cool we all marched drum corps together i started at jersey surf in 2006 did uh jersey surf 2006 and 2007 i played trumpet uh and then i went to the cadets in 2008 and i marched cadets in 2008 2009 took a break in 10 and then i marched 11 and 12 at the cadets um yeah, same. I played trumpet. I played lead trumpet. I was the the section leader and the horn sergeant in 2012. Uh, it was a great time and absolutely loved it. Uh, I now live over in uh, Los Angeles, and I live here for work, which is awesome. I used to work more in like uh, the film and the TV industry, but now I work in the game industry. I currently work for the company Naughty Dog, which is a Sony company. Um, and the last project we just worked on was The Last of Us Two. If anyone's hey. played it, that's nice. what we just did. It was, a, it was a great project, lots of fun, and I do sound design. So that is my that is my shtick. That's what I do. Nice. I anything that sounds interesting or weird or just fun, and I try to put it into something that looks completely different than what the sound is. I can tell you guys a couple of stories about that stuff later. But um, that's the fun part about my job is that we get to go and record and just take weird stuff and turn it into things and have a – it's kind of reminds me of my time in drum corps where it's just like, does it work? Yep, move on. Like, you know, just kind of get, get the job done. I love it. So, and and you guys yeah. just recently, sorry, you know, want to interject here a little bit because you guys just recently won an award because they did the, the game movie awards or whatever it was uh, a couple nights ago uh, at the, from the time of recording this. And yeah. uh, Last of Us Part Two got game of the year. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we won. Um, so we, I think we won uh, like the most game awards that a single game has ever won at the game awards. We won seven. Wow. Um, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, we won. And, and you know, it's it's like awards aren't why we all do this. Obviously, sure. it's very nice to hear the appreciation and to have a good time with it because there were so many good games out there this year. So, um, you know, like just uh, congrats to all the nominees that were nominated because all those games and just so much hard work was put into all of them. But yeah, we won. Uh, we won best uh, game of the year. We won best action game of the year. I think we won like best director. We won best narrative, and then we also won, which was uh, my favorite. I mean, we won best performance by um, uh, one of our lead actresses, Laura Bailey, and then we won best audio design. So that was like that's definitely the closest one to me because it's what I worked on. Mm -hmm. So we won the the joystick. So far, we won. We've won the joystick awards, which is kind of like a fan based like. Um, Kind of like people's choice awards type thing mm -hmm. so we we like kind of swept our awards there and then the game awards uh we that was friday i believe that we just won all those awards so pretty recent and uh yeah it's a it's a great feeling you know it's a great feeling to know that something that you worked on um touched so many people in so many different ways and it was it was not an easy release because we just had we had a tough time with like finish the game during uh during a pandemic and our game is loosely like mainly based off of a pandemic as well because it's kind of a post-apocalyptic world based on a pandemic um <clears throat> and 
it, it was it was hard you know it was hard to like get through all of that and realize like wow like I'm trying to worry about myself and others right now when the pandemic kind of broke out mm -hmm. and I still have to finish this game. And then, uh, you know, the internet's going to be the internet. We had people who said, you know, said nice things said bad things. It's hard to read through that stuff, but to, to get to the end and find out that just a large group of people enjoyed playing something that we spent years making is a good feeling. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. And that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, now I have to ask too, you know, because you, you're, you know, it, it been a big music guy, uh, you know, you went to like music school for, for a lot of this stuff that, uh, oh, yeah, that's you, right. know, you, you went into, um, what's your background as, as uh, a video gamer or, or somebody who ha may, may have, or may not have an interest <clears throat> in video games? Like, did you play games growing up? Was that your thing? Or is this kind of like something that you stepped into as an option straight out of college? Like what, what's yeah. the journey to get to Naughty Dog? It's a really interesting journey, actually. It's kind of funny, so I'm glad you asked. So when I was a kid, I played games. Like I played, you know, PC games. I played Sega and then like, uh, you know, Super Nintendo. Uh, N64 was probably like my absolute favorite. Nice. And then I went into PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2. And then once music started, so kind of around like <clears throat> middle school to high school, especially when drum corps started, my life was like completely changed. Like I didn't play games anymore. I was focused on like constantly playing my trumpet, playing piano, um, you know, doing drum corps and everything. And I just didn't really worry about games. So games kind of like disappeared for me. Um, I wouldn't, I, we always joke, we joke about this at work. I get called like a fake gamer because <laughs> I don't like dive into games that much. I'm like an outdoorsy person. I like going out riding, like riding my bike, going rock climbing, things like that. Um, but I do enjoy the art of games. So fast forward to after college, I'm looking for, you know, trying to get a job and I decide I'm going to move out to LA. I get a couple of connections at a studio and <clears throat> I get a job at this company called Formosa, which has a bunch of different divisions, TV, movies, and games. Inter they have like an interactive division. So I fall into the interactive division. I just, I get connected with someone who works there um, and they hire me on. And I was like, sure, like it's sound design, right? Like I, that's what I want to do. I want to do sound design. It doesn't matter what medium I'm in. And I don't really know much about games. Mm -hmm. I get there and they're like, hey, we're going to be working on this project coming up by this company called Naughty Dog. And we're working on this project called Uncharted 4. And everyone seems to know what it is. And here I am going, never heard of it. <laughs> you know and it's like you're, you're like that guy in the back of the room but you don't want to say anything <laughs> right like i have no idea what they're talking about mm -hmm. i'm like uncharted 4 there must be three others um <laughs> <laughs> you know, like i'm sure i'm sure there must be three that i'm missing here so i decide i was like you know what like i'm i i I need to be professional about this. I'm going to be working on this game. I need to know what the char who the characters are, what their stories are. So I go to the nearest like GameStop, and I, I'm not even joking when I walk in and I go, I need a PlayStation 4, and I need the Uncharted games. And the guy goes, oh, we have a bundle for that. And I was like, great, I will take that. I didn't even see where it was. I was just like, get me what, get me the games. I need to play them. Mm -hmm. So I buy, an Uncharted, I buy Uncharted, you know, one, two, and three, the bundle, and I buy a PlayStation 4. I go home, I load it up. And I finished all of these games in a little over a week. I was hooked. Wow. Like, I really liked them. I was like, and the thing is, is that I'm a person who I love storytelling. That's like my, that's what I love to do. So storytelling is, um, you know, it's, that's why I like movies and why I like TV shows, why I like working on like linear content. So these games are like playable movies. They have an 
an, an amazing story to them. Mm-hmm. They have great likable characters, you know, and I just thought they were super fun. So I played these games and I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay, like I'm not really a big game person, but this is what I've been missing. I really like these games. We work on Uncharted 4. It's, a, it's an amazing game. It's an amazing experience. I play the game and I love it after, like, after we finish it, right? Then my career kind of like shifts. I go to work over at Technicolor. I work on a bunch of different type of games. I mean, I worked on like, you know, a little bit of Destiny. I worked on Call of Duty games. I worked on, uh, you know, doing whether it's sound design or dialogue or just like assisting and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Commercials, TV shows, a mixture of things. And, but a lot of it was games, not at a game studio, at Technicolor. So we're like an outsourcer. They call Mm -hmm. us when they need help. Yeah. Um, You know, Spider-Man, things like things like that um then while we're there i kind of just start realizing like you know i want like a change and i want to be challenged a little more so i'm thinking about and then and the film industry is kind of tough too because the film industry it is all freelance like you work on a film and then you're off and then that's it and at any point during the film if they decide hey we're going to do a reshoot we don't need audio anymore they just go hey you guys are off for two weeks um you're off for three weeks you're off for a month we might need you back in a month. We're not sure, but please don't make any plans. And you're like, I don't have a job for a month now. Yeah. So it was the, it, like, I luckily didn't have to go through that for where I worked because I was like a full-time person there. It was a very interesting situation, but I knew that that was coming if I wanted to move 100% into that field. Also, the game industry, I, I just, I saw it for what it was. And I was like, it's constantly getting better. Mm-hmm. Like every year gaming gets better. And to me, every year film plateaus or gets worse, or sometimes like there's a film or two, you know, you have like two or three films that like do great at the box office and the rest do mediocre. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it's amazing to me that I think that games is like, is the future is where everything is going. So I I decided I was like, let me look at a game studio. So I was like, Naughty Dog is the one that I loved and I loved working with them. I looked at them and a few others and yeah, I got, um, they were working on, I I knew they were working on The Last of Us too. So I played The Last of Us and I was like, wow, like just what a game. I mean, mm-hmm. I got to the end of that. I don't know if you guys have played it, but I got to the end of that game and was just like, I don't know how they told such a compelling story in a, in a video game. I mean, it was just a slam dunk for me, you know? And I love how real the worlds are and how much opportunity that I get as a sound designer to go detail, to say, like, whenever I make something in sound, there's a story behind it. You know, it's like, oh, that door opens. It's like, well, how long has the door been sitting there before it's open? Maybe six years, maybe 10 years. Is it metal? Yeah, it's metal. Okay, so there's weather around. We're in Seattle. It's probably rusting, which means that when you open it, probably the paint is going to like chip off and break off as you open it. This door has a story. It tells like when you open that door, you should go, ooh, no one's been in here for years. You know, that's the littlest thing. So um, I got hired there and I've never looked back. You know, I just, I felt like I was able to do that type of sound design and that type of artistic work on everything that I worked on. And the people there were just fantastic. They supported it. They kind of trusted you to do your job. They like gave you a bunch of work and they were like, it's your canvas. Do with it what you want and go. It's, it's mind blowing. And I know um, when I came out, Crazy. when I was out in California, um, yeah. Like a year and a half ago, you and I had a, a roughly similar conversation, but it still blows my mind the the depth and complexity behind designing a lot of these, right? Because yeah. as you're playing, you're trying to be immersed in this world and forget 
or or maybe put aside the fact that you've got like like you're sitting maybe in your living room or you're sitting in your yeah. office or wherever it is for but sure the fact that you just described the sound of opening a door in a specific <laughs> environment and all of the like the checklist of things you have to go through is is legitimately fascinating to me yeah because you have to go through it's like okay you know any normal person would be like okay go record a door opening and they'll probably right. just walk in their house or their apartment <laughs> or wherever they are and and record it opening and be like, oh, well, that doesn't really make a sound. But then yeah. you think like, okay, the door is um, – the, do the door is a wood door and it hasn't been open for six years. Okay, it might sound right. a little different. It's in the Pacific Northwest, so it's right. probably rusting. You know, So that's right. going to sound a little different. So you're just going through all these checklists and the complexities behind designing this game just to open one door. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and not to like – it's 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 such a weird thing too because that one door opening is probably what three seconds of this seven hour story and yeah. somebody may probably forget that specific door but they also forget that or, or, or they're just sucked into this environment so that little you get like door, a nurse exactly it's a piece of just the larger puzzle Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and it's like, and it, like we had like, I mean, 30 to 40 hours of gameplay in that game. Mm -hmm. So, like, I did that for every, we, it's like systems that you make. So, you make like a bunch of different doors, metal, gates, or, you know, uh, wooden, whichever. So, they all open and they all have different variations to them. They all sound different every time, like just similar, but different. And yeah, I mean, everyone at the office will, will work that way, will think like, the story behind it like the littlest bit of like one of our sound designers uh who worked on the foley brilliant sound designer um his name is neil and he i mean the stuff that he did with the foley system is stuff that probably nobody will ever notice but it feels realistic mm -hmm. so when you're running around on like snow let's say you know like okay you guys know the sound of like when you walk on snow so like the, you know like, when you crunch. walk on like right but you know when you walk on like fresh snow and it's like fluffy so you have that like fluff in but then maybe if you step on it again, now it's like packed down. And then maybe after like the next morning, it's like almost icy, but or it's got that crunch that you're talking about because like little parts of it are freezing. Yep. We had, he was able to do like something like that and get different depths of how packed down the snow was from programming and make different sounds based on how packed down the snow was so that if you ran over a section and then you turned around and ran back, it's crunchier now because you've already packed it down. And yeah. it's like, these are things we probably don't need to do, but we did because we were like, how far can we push the bar? Mm -hmm. Like, yep. how far can we go to say, we want to immerse you so that when you play as this character, you feel like the character. And that goes into everything that we, I mean, I used to look up devices, like I did the generators and it's like, I would look up generators and videos on YouTube of people taking them apart and go, how does this thing work? Like how mm -hmm. it pulls the belt, like what's the belt made of and go, oh, okay, so it's metal there. So it, it would rust, it would have this like lubricant problem. Maybe it would skip a little bit. I would look up how they work because I would go like, what would happen if it broke? Like, what would it sound like? You know, what would, it, what would a broken one sound like? And you find videos of people going, if you hear something like this, this is what's wrong. And I was like, cool, I will make the broken sound, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that's like the research that we get to do is just, uh, I feel like you have to do it. And that's the, that's the level of complexity that drives me. So, okay, you need to put the sound in the game for a broken generator, right? right. This, this is the problem you've been presented. Now you're in a <laughs> studio. Yeah. How do you make that happen? Do you bring a generator in the studio and start it up and this is what the good generator sounds like? Do you then take that generator and literally break it and Just then like start the it up? Just like beat the shit out of it? Like, this is insane. So how do you go from understanding what it should sound like to right. creating that sound? Sure. So uh, 
we always try to find good source. So maybe we find somebody that we know who has an old, like, like another generator sounds were recorded by that same guy, Neil, uh, for the first game. And he found, he had like a neighbor who had a generator, like a pull start generator that was old and like, you know, bounced around on the inside. And he was like, oh, like we, we as people, we carry around recorders with us all the time. You find something, you go, oh, that's a cool sound. And you just record it. So we recorded like a really ratty old generator. And then I took different sounds to give it like a different body, right? So I was like, okay, I have the pull start and things like that. And then I'm like, it's a bigger, it's a military generator. So I'm gonna get like a good dome piece of metal that I might find in like a library, something that somebody had recorded. And I might like give it a little bit of reverb so that on the inside, it like feels like boomy. And then I'm gonna knock it around. So I'm gonna give it like, so as it opens up and you pull it, the generator I'm envisioning the inside components are bouncing around and hitting the outside shell because maybe those shock absorbers are a little, a little broken. So then when you pull it, you get this nice like as it's like moving and you get the dome sound of it. And then I'm like, okay, let me add some particles falling off of it. Cause imagine the whole thing is moving now. So the dust and sand and paint chips are rattling off and they're rattling on the inside. So I um, got little tiny pieces of metal and dropped them on like stop signs and things like that and recorded that and then put those in with sand and some like scraping sand between two different pieces of sheet metal and put those all together and beefed it up and then took that sound. And when you pull the generator, you get all these like, and you get all like the tingling from all the stuff falling off of it. Wow. And you kind of layer it up and that becomes your final product. Now you wow. just gave us that description in what, 45 seconds about how you put that together. How long yeah. would that actually take you? That took me to build the generator, um, to make the sounds for it, a few hours of just uh, of editing, maybe most a day to script all the sounds in, but just to make the sounds maybe a few hours. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd say maybe a few hours. If you're like, it depends on the system of what you're doing, right? So like, like for instance, like the, I'll go back to the doors. The doors, like you have all the recordings, you have all your bits that you're making, and then you have a lot of like tagging or maybe scripting sounds that are making sure that it works systemically. So that every time you go up to a door and you play the door, there's different animations if you're going fast, if you're going slow, if you're crouched, if you're bashing through the door. Um, it's different if it's metal, if it's wood, if it's a metal gate, um, if it's a screen door. It has all these different components and then it, it's physicalized afterwards. So like you would go through the door and then if you knock it with your body, it slowly will like close or something like that. Mm -hmm. That system probably took with programming support and getting it from the beginning of working on it to the end, uh, maybe nine months. Good night. <laughs> like, Ooh. you know, like uh, working on other things as well. But until that was like finalized where it was like, okay, like it works. It probably took almost nine months because we needed a lot of programming support to get things to work. and. Um, everyone, mm -hmm. you know, other part, other departments need to finish their work so that we can continue with ours, but as a whole, and it probably takes even longer than that from like concept. I mean, they probably started concepting doors mm -hmm. years before that. Um, like when I first got there, doors were completely different. They weren't physicalized. They didn't close on their own. Um, they were a completely different beast when we had to go and figure out how we were going to make them. And that's just a door. Like, it's not even like the most important system, you know, it's like so many other things that we worked on and, uh. There are tricks that we do all the time. Like I, I did all the glass breaking sound as well. And Ooh, like, okay. uh, that is like, it's never just like you break glass and you go, okay, great. <laughs> there it is. Like, it sounds like it. Mm -hmm. You need to create like variations so that it sounds a little different every time. So like I had layers of stuff, right? I had a tonal element that sounded like a pane of glass falling. I had individual cracks. I used, um, 
I used electricity so that every time when you hit it, you would get this little like electricity, like spark, like a, but it sounds, no one knows it's electricity. It sounds like a crack, you yep. know? So you utilize that to give uh give like a, a scary, like crack. And then you have individual pieces falling and then you have debris and then you have the footsteps on the crunch of the glass and like seven different layers probably pushed together into a system make up you just breaking the glass. So somebody walks up and just goes bang and goes, wow, that feels good. That felt satisfying. And it's like, yeah, there's seven different layers of sounds and tech and all of this stuff from our programmers, um, you know, to make that feel satisfying. And people actually ended up really liking the glass in the game, which was super surprising. Like I wanted them to like it, obviously, but I didn't expect people to be like, I walked around and broke every single pane of glass. And I was like, oh. that's why you won the award right there. It's the glass. <laughs> it's the glass. You, you just walk through the building with a hammer and just breaking Break. all the windows. <laughs> Dude, it's really I need funny. it, guys. <laughs> I need it. I need to do it. It's really funny because that's what people did. And the best part is, is that in that world, The Last of Us, we make everything a consequence. People's quickly realized was um, like, uh, again, I don't know if you guys played the game or not, but um, in, in the game, basically, you have all of these different infected who are roaming around like clickers or runners. And sometimes you don't know where they are. But we have like, if you break a pane of glass, if there is an infected within like 40 meters of you or something like that, they'll hear it and they'll come after you. So some people are like breaking the glass and they're like, God, this is so much fun. And they break a pane and they hear in the distance like, ah! and they're like, oh no. And then it comes after them and kills them or something, you know? And it's like, we try to make like consequences in the game. Again, for storytelling, like if you were to walk around and just break glass, someone's probably gonna hear it at some point. You're gonna give away your position, you know? So it's kind of fun working on that stuff and seeing people like discover it as they played, you know? So. So one of my favorite games is League of Legends. I play it all the time. But, I mean, they have like 140 different characters in the game, all with different sounds to go along with. Wait, I, I actually worked on some of them. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's really cool. So you might know the, the story I might be transferring into here. But there's a character in the game named Zach, who's this he, – he's goo, okay? He's yeah. all like a flubber. Right. Okay. So they have to make sounds of it like stretching because of some of his attacks and a lot of it, you know, he just hits you with his hand as his auto attack. So a lot of it is the sound of this goo yeah. hitting you. Right. Now, what the sound designers for this champion did was they put Vaseline inside of a condom <laughs> and they slapped different surfaces with it yeah. to get the sound effect for this champion now they, awesome. obviously they did other stuff but that was a big one of the elements yeah to it right do you have any cool stories of of, of you know this might not sound like how you get this sound but we did this and it created that sound right yeah 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 for sure that's a, that's a really good one too like that's <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun um i've done a lot like definitely in my past but i'll say some of the best is the work that one of our sound designers did for the Melee on Last of Us Part Two, because, man, he recorded so much for that. So Melee, all the blood, the, the like stabbing, all that stuff, right? He used, man, his room stunk. He used uh, vegetables and rotisserie chickens so often. He would take rotisserie chickens and grab the bones and everything and just be like, and break all of like the weird stuff. What? Take oh. frozen frozen peppers and like pop them. And when you pop the frozen peppers, you would get like a nice pop sound. And he used those Ooh. for like the bone breaks and stuff like that. I think he, I think he used like different, tons of different fruits and vegetables and he got stuff all over his floor. It was all clear. He was like, I need like a deep cleaning of this place. 
And then for a lot of the blood stuff, um, funny enough, what he used, do you remember the, uh, they're like little tiny, tiny beads that when you add water to them, they kind of like fill up and they create like a little ball of water. Mm -hmm. They're different colors and stuff like that. Yeah. He grabbed a bunch of those and filled them up and got them to fill up. And then he just put his hands in them and just like squished them and just kept squishing them and squishing them and got all these really great, like, like sounds of like squishing and like water releasing from the little balls and stuff like that. And he ended up using all that stuff for a lot of the melee. Um, wow. And it's, it's pretty awesome. So we did that for like uh, the melee. I'm trying to think of um, recorded so many like random things. Uh, a lot of the stuff I recorded definitely was like practical. Like it wouldn't have been what you thought, but you can use like, oh, it's a gate or whatever, but then you, you beef it up later. Um, but I definitely grab like random stuff and I put it in my design <laughs> kind of as like a joke, knowing that nobody will catch it, um, which is uh, so like, I, I when I sound design, a lot of times you're just looking for like certain tones, right? Mm -hmm. When you're doing big scenes, like I did this scene where you're you're driving in a car and you're being attacked and you're being shooting back and forth, and eventually the car like crashes and like flips over and things like that. It goes flying into the water, and during it, I needed just like you need like big, impactful moments, right? We're trying to get the audience to feel a certain way. So if you just have sound going the whole time, like it would be in the real world, just like the car going and everything, and then you drive and you crash, it's not really exciting. It's just like, oh, I crashed. But if you tailor the sound into like more of a design, then you can have a lot of fun with it. So you like pull all of the sound out right before a crash. So it gives the ear fatigue like a break, and then you can immediately hit it and it explodes the ears again to allow you to jump or jolt or whichever. Um, and one of the things that I put in was like, I had the car and the car is driving and it's about to hit the pole. And as like a joke, I had, um, I'm trying to remember where this meme is from. Um, you guys might know it. I'm looking it up right now just to make sure I have the right um, show. There's a there's a meme where it's a character who just like puts his hands on his head and just like yells, fuck me. But he goes like, fuck me. And he screams. <laughs> and I had it, I'm trying to remember I can't remember like where it's from. Uh, people who watch, they may they may know where it's from. But um, like I said, I'll try to find it. But uh, it was a meme that was just like hilarious because we got like so many times during the game that it was just like, um, we were just screwed. It was like, oh, time taken away or like, oh, we're screwed. And like, I took that, that sound clip and I made it a button on like my stream deck and I would just play it and it would go around in my surround system and I would just sit there <laughs> and it would just like go the whole time. And one day I needed, I knew I needed like this good, like, you know, the car's driving and you have like the engine and it goes and it crashes. And I was like, how funny would it be if I used that? So I did. And during it, you're driving around and it's really hard to hear, but if you listen like really carefully, you know where it is, you can hear it. And it's just like, but it's the person yelling, fuck. That's <laughs> like, really oh, what it is. Goodness. And it kind of just worked perfectly. And I was like, I'm just gonna keep it. <laughs> like, and like things like that I put in sound design all the time because it had the right tone and it had like the fall off of the pitch going down. And you know, who's gonna know? It's just kind of like a funny right. little Easter egg for myself. And now everybody is gonna know. Everyone's gonna look everyone's it. gonna know. Everyone's gonna go all through that scene. All approximately <laughs> forty people who listen to this podcast are gonna know. Are gonna, gonna tell know. your boss. And <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's it's stuff like that that makes it fun. Uh, opening opening big giant gates like rolling doors. 
Um, you know, we use, I learned a lot of this stuff from, from, from my boss and just from other people, you get like the door to open. And so you get like, let's say like a stone dragging on the ground, right? You get this like, and it's like, that's cool and all, but if you want it to be even cooler, they, they did this in Uncharted 4 a ton is you would put like a dog sound in there, like a dog growling. So you know, like when a dog, like you guys have dogs, like if a dog maybe growls, like playing with a chew toy or whichever, you get this like kind of sound. Well, it's got movement and it's animalistic and it gives the door like a, like a personality. So you put that in with the stone dragging and all of a sudden you get this, like a, instead of just, you get as it's dragging and it's actually a dog or we use like polar bears all the time because they have good vocals and you just put that in and people think like, it's just a big giant door opening. It's like, no, nah, man, that's like a dog growling and like a polar bear screaming. Like I, it's like. A bear There's clips yelling. from the South Pole Polar Bear Choir all the time. Just all the time. Their oh, vocals are just out of this world. Oh, beautiful you just call choir. them up every now and again and be like, hey, can you just growl into the phone for me? Like, I need I know, you, man. I need it's like their, their choirs are great. You know, it's so sad <laughs> that they can't do their classic choir for Christmas this year. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> the polar bears have to stay six feet apart. It's so hard. It's like they, they don't know how to do it. Yeah. They have to wear masks. No, so, but so how big is, is the team that you work on? I, is, I, I would imagine it's not just like, you know, half a dozen of you guys creating these sounds constantly. Like, I would imagine it's pretty sizable, right? Uh, so if for just the sound team, let me think. Uh, we had, hold on, wait, wait. Exactly uh, half a dozen. Exactly half a dozen. <laughs> One. Nailed it. All right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> so we had, we had six sound designers, two associate sound designers. So six sound design designers who probably did like the bulk of the, of the big sound design. Um, and then we had like a bunch more people, like whether they're tagging sounds and we had people on that. We had a, like a big dialogue team, like scripters and things like that. Mm -hmm. Overall, we probably had 20 people total with like six designers or five designers really, because one of them was our audio director and he does a lot of more audio directing. Not as he did do a lot of sound design, even though it made him work a lot of hours, Yeah, but uh, he just kind of had to, he did all the weapons and stuff like that. And a bunch of other things and mixing and reverbs. I mean, he did an amazing job. But um, yeah, I'd say probably six people probably doing like the main part of the sound design and then, oh, a, wow. and then a dialogue team. Um, and then of course our music team. But uh, yeah, at most 20, it's, it's not that large of a team. Like you would, you, we want, we, I, and we need to expand it and we are expanding. That's like the goal, you know, um, it's just not that easy. So it would be nice to have more. Mm -hmm. um, the studio as a whole was probably around like 400, uh, maybe a little more oh, wow. uh, for the game. Uh, we had, you know, like a lot of designers and animators and just lots of people. So it's a, it's a pretty big group, like overall. And these games, man, games are not like they used to be, man. Like, I mean, you have 30, 40 hour story games, you know, you have games that have our open worlds and can be like, I mean, I think Death Stranding is like 80 or 90 hours. Like, um, the game's insane. It's insane. Like it's just, it's, and they did an amazing job and it's just, it's so long. Um, but this content, man, it's like, you know, five, six years, maybe more to make, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, it's nuts. And, and thinking about it, like I, I have a, a cousin who is a very big, like classic gamer, right? Like he, his favorite console of all time is the NES. And if he never plays a video game off of that, he's completely satisfied. But yeah. thinking, thinking back of like Super Mario brothers or whatever, and just da, 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 da. Yeah. that's like that's like the soundtrack for the whole game that the whole game bit, like boom when you jump and stuff <laughs> like that and, and to you talking about thinking about the dust and paint chips and rust that would fall yeah. 
old generator when you started it. Like it, it has come so far in such a short amount of time. And, and the next step, the next huge step is going to be going into this VR world where it's going yeah. to be, it's already getting there, but like directional sound and stuff like that, where you can actually turn your head and then go see it and stuff yeah. like it's amazing just how far that video games have come from Pong, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just a beep every time the ball hit the wall or your paddle, right? Like, yeah. to what it is now, it's truly amazing where sound has come. And video games, totally. soundtracks, not even the individual sounds, not even the, the, step, the stepping in the snow and stuff like that. Soundtracks yeah. are ridiculous. Oh, they're, I mean, huge orchestras. I mean, they, they do an amazing job. I mean, all these older games, they pave the way, you know, it's like, and that's why I like the game industry is that I feel like it just, it constantly, it like constantly builds upon everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have like Mario, right? And they're still making Mario games and they're fantastic. But the Mario games they make or they're bringing back onto the Switch, like it's just a ton of fun. And they're just building upon what they've made in the past and making it better and better mm -hmm. and better. Graphics are getting better. Um, tech is getting better to put more sound in the game. Soundtracks are getting better. Um, you know, the implementing of music is just getting so much more dynamic. I mean, and, and like we have 3D spatialization sounds so you can like hear something like way behind you or above you or below you. Like we have all that right now. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that especially with the, the launch of the PS5 I and mean, we're gonna be able to do even more, like our accessibility this year was insane. That was another award we won was innovation of accessibility. We try to make our games like, you know, just, so that everybody can play them, you know? Yeah. I mean, we literally had people who were like hearing impaired um, and blind, even both, and finished the entire game, a 30 hour video game. And they wow. finished it and they understood the story. I mean, there was somebody who played who had mobility um, issues as well. Like, I think he actually played using like his nose and part of his hand and he finished the whole game. And it's like, so we, you know, I, I wasn't a part of the accessibility team. I had all my, a lot of my friends were and they nailed it and did an amazing job. But I think that's like the future is being able to get a wider audience of people to play and enjoy different forms of entertainment. Yep. So, you know, that's a, that's like a huge thing. And that's the thing that I love is, is just getting better. It's not just subtitles, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's getting yeah. so much better. I was seeing something the other day. Right now, there's a lot of talk about Super Smash Brothers Melee, right? They're all over oh, yeah. Twitter because of like what's been happening with Nintendo. Yeah. And there's actually a documentary that's coming out right now. Or they're they're releasing it over the course of this weekend. That's detailing like the last five years of competitive play. Oh, and, cool. And like doing like super into detail stuff about some of the best players over that time. And it, it, it's like a three hour documentary. And it, it, it's oh, I gotta watch that. It's supposed that to down. just be fantastic fantastic but something that i that i saw looking into this is there's a guy who he's in a wheelchair right like he he, he has very limited mobility but what yeah. he has is a custom made gamecube controller to where oh, cool. like his arms can be apart like this like he has to sit but yeah. he has half of the controller for this hand and oh, half, and half. Of the controller for that hand so he can still play these games like yeah and, and like his mind is sharp his body has just it has just failed him i don't know the exact disease right. condition right and i'm not trying to to talk about things that i don't know but yeah. what i know is he can still play melee yeah and experience a game that we all love right mm -hmm. i don't know anybody who has seen a super smash brothers game and it's just been like, yeah, nah, 
It, it, oh, you, yeah. You never played it before. You, you and four friends at a party can play, and you play Captain Falcon, and you just do nothing but Falcon Punch over and over and over. Over and over. Right? Oh, yeah. It's true. Like, <laughs> it's true. It, Every it, once in a while, you accidentally do the Falcon Kick, and you're like, yeah, why did I do yeah. that? Yep, yep. And you you, <laughs> you don't know how to do it again, but it's awesome because no. you flew halfway across the screen. But, <laughs> like, and, and and that's something that that's awesome. Like, yeah. that that person – whoever they are god bless their soul they can't play football with me right. but they can kick my ass at super smash brothers and that's awesome right yeah like in 2020 that that the virtual playing field accommodates everybody yeah and we're trying to strive to get better and better at that we we listen to people who need these accessibility options and we try to see like what's going to help you what's going to make it better you know um i mean the fact that i can watch someone who is blind and gets headshot after headshot in Apex, and I can't hit the freaking chest. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm sitting here getting headshotted by someone who can't see me. Yep. It's just like, it, it's, it's incredible. And I'm glad that for people who have, you know, because I, I mean, I, I, I can't even begin to imagine having something that would make, you know, my life more difficult that way. And uh, they, they take it and they, they roll with it. And it's like, because of these different options, they're able to still live their dreams and do what they want to do. And I think that's how it should be. And uh, I'm very happy that the people at Naughty Dog decided we're going to, we're going to push this because mm -hmm. it, they were like, it they spent a lot of time on it. And, you know, when you think about the time spent on it versus the um, amount of people that will use it, it's not as big of a percentage of everybody else who's going to play the game. So from a monetary standpoint, when a company probably thinks about it, they're probably like, monetary wise like no that's the lower percentage like don't use the money and time during that but you know the people at naughty dog eventually said no no no, we need to we need to do this mm -hmm. and uh you know kudos to them because like they did an amazing job and i think it's going to move the industry towards a way of doing more and more so i'm really i think video games has been a really interesting journey for me and it has been an interesting journey during quarantine because the game industry like is almost like pandemic proof in a way like it's really hard to work on the games from home sometimes and obviously we miss everybody in the studio but it has been an escape for so many people during having to sit at home that you get to escape into these worlds you get to like play a video game or even just playing online like melee games or things like that with friends it became a even though it already was but for so many more people it became a great way to hang out with friends and play games and share your your experiences and you know, live a life in a game rather than just watch, like you can watch a movie as well. And I love watching movies, but you know, a movie you watch, it's an hour and a half, two hours, and then it's over. But a video game, you might play a little, a couple hours a day and you might play it for like over a month or forever. I mean, League of Legends, you can play forever. It's just like, Act. you know, <laughs> like, Travis has actually been there. I played, that Travis. Game. I played that game for a decade. Uh, it's it's amazing to me. I mean, they like I've worked on I've worked with Riot a bunch um, in in my past, and they just keep riding off of League of Legends, and because people still love it, and it's competitive gaming, and it just goes it, it goes insane about how many people actually play these games. So it's, yeah, it's, it's super interesting nice. too because I was listening to a podcast the other day where they were talking about basically how the the entertainment industry that overarching umbrella of of whatever yeah. entertainment is, and you've got live TV, you've got sports, you've got um, you know streaming from like Netflix or Hulu, all these like yeah. mini series that are starting to come out. What Disney Plus is doing and the yeah. video game industry, 
And I think the biggest thing of what sets the, the video game industry apart, especially during this pandemic, what's kind of exposed it to everyone's eyes is the fact that, you know, to your point, Jesse, you can watch a three hour movie, two and a half, three hour movie and be immersed in that world and get connected to some of those characters and the storyline and all this other sort of stuff. You jump into a video game world and you get the same thing. However, it's more interactive. Especially a game like The Last of Us Part Two, especially a game yeah. like what just recently came out, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven just came out. Yeah, games mm-hmm. games that are like that that are role playing. There there is a a reaction to every action, so it's it's yeah. it's even more interactive because you choose how your character develops, what you do. Right, you make the, the choices. So most games are going to be a little more on. Uh, you know the the linear side, right? They're going to be on which our game was like last yeah. two. You feel like you're making decisions, but really you're on a linear path. Yeah, most games are going to be on kind of a, a linear path here and there, but you know you still get to choose the little ac- actions that are in that. You know, you just said yeah. breaking the pane of glass is going to alert all of these clickers and runners and everyone else to your position. So right. you know you got to think about that, and and that you sort choose of, your journey really. Do you remember? Self, am I gonna not? Yeah. Do you remember the Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure books, where like oh you read a page yes. and be like, if you run away, turn to page sixty-two. Turn to page, if you, yeah. If you go through the door, turn to page forty-five. Exactly. Like, exactly. It's that in video game form. Dude, those were text games, man. Those are yeah. like they're, they're oh, text yeah. games where you go where it's the same thing, right? It's like, do you run or do you fight? And you're like. Like Pokemon, do you run or do you fight? Yep. Uh, I run, and then you're like, okay, I don't get that Pokemon. I'm Shit. afraid of that level three Rattatat. I have to run. Oh man, absolutely, mm-hmm. he's gonna run. tackle me. No, but 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 what? Another thing that's awesome about video games is that there's a different kind of game for whatever mood you're in, right? Like if yeah. you want to be competitive with people, you load up a shooter, you load up a, a, a League of Legends, you load yeah. up whatever it is, and you're playing against nine other people or 36 yeah. other people, like whatever the number is, right. and you're competing against them. And you're clicking on their head quicker than they click on yours. That doesn't happen very <laughs> often in my case, but right. <laughs> I, I still like to be in the server anyway, right? For everybody... For everybody who's plus 20, there's somebody who has to be minus 20, okay? And I volunteer as tribute. I volunteer. <laughs> I make the game fun for others. But but that's who <laughs> that's who I am as a gamer. Like, yeah. I am a competitive gamer. I'm yeah. not the biggest RPG gamer right. ever. There's a couple that I can get into. Like, I was really into the Fable series. Oh, man. Okay? Great yeah. series. Fantastic games. Growing up, I had my Xbox that I would play them on. It was it was awesome, right? I was working on a Fable game right when they went out of business. Oh, man. Uh, we were working on a, fa- a new Fable game, and then they just went yep. out of business. I was so sad. sad when I heard about that. Yep. Yeah. But, but you can load up... Uh, you can load up an RTS game like StarCraft II, let's just say. And it's literally you versus one other person who can build their units quicker, who can get across the map, who can kill the other person, right? Or you can jump into a game like freaking Goose Game and just steal steal rakes from people and walk around and just do a little shit. Like, or Animal Crossing or whatever. I mean, there's something for everybody, like you said, you know? Or, or... I can pull up my old Game Boy Color and put up Pokemon Red. <laughs> Throwback. And, and, Best and one. have a great time, right? Like, that's the, that's the thing with video games is they cover such a range. The genres are unlimited with them. And, and you know, my, my mom used to say to me, when I first got this computer, it was downstairs in the basement at my parents' house, like every standard nerd thinks <laughs> that everybody else is playing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
but she was like, you know, you're spending a lot of time down there, like, and you're by yourself a lot. And I'm like, mom, I might be physically by myself, but I'm in a discord server with six of my best friends. Right. Right. right? right. And we're talking and we're laughing and we're joking. So yeah, I might not be looking them eye to eye to have a conversation with them, but I spend every night with my friends or, you know, in a star Wars game or in, you know, whatever living life. And my mind is engaged and I'm not just sitting there on a couch with a bag of Cheetos watching Game of Thrones again. You know what I mean? I love Game of Thrones. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not trying right. to do one. But you just sit there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Here, you're, you're talking, you're, doing, you're interacting, you're, you're, you're laughing. You're doing a crossword I mean, puzzle. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I never actually, it's funny enough, so I, um, like I said, like I don't play that many games, right? Like the class, like everyone says, a fake gamer. And uh, because I work at a game company. And um I would play games here and there, especially story-driven games and games that I worked on or games that my friends worked on. And then I remember when quarantine started, it was like, because I would always be out. I'd be out working or I'd be out going rock climbing or going cycling or just getting out of the house, doing hiking or whatever. And um, then this happened and it was like, I was stuck inside for so long and friends of mine created a Discord server. And I was like, okay, I'll jump onto that. I was like, I don't really do video chatting that much. And then as the quarantine went on, it was like, we were doing video hangouts on Discord all the time and everyone would play games and stream their game. And you would like watch people play games or you'd play games with each other. And then we started playing stuff like Apex and whichever. And like, I may not be the best at it or whichever, but man, I, it was like, I'd hang out with my friends for like five, six hours at a time. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's four in the morning. Like I have to go to bed. Um, and it's just like, it became this interactive way to hang out. And it, starts to feel like you're actually hanging out with that person like it just doesn't become like weird after a while you're not like oh it's weird like you're just through a camera or like whichever it became a lot of fun and it actually helped during quarantine it met, met like you know you started to feel like oh i'm not like alone yep. just sitting here doing nothing I'm i can't out with people i can't think of the last time that i played like a game just by myself like there's always some sort of like team aspect or you've you're on with a handful of friends or whatever it is like playing a single player game is just it it seems odd now in a a weird way even like you know just it's a journey for sure like you need to like be you need to be like in that mindset to be like i want to understand what type of what the character development what they've built for these characters yeah and it's kind of like your own time you know like you get you can you can be immersed in a world but if you want to play a game where you're like interactive with people and it's constantly changing and stuff like that I mean, multiplayer games are just like king in that category. They mm-hmm. they just do an amazing job. I mean, I guess the closest to like, I mean, uh, you can get mixture ones too. Like being on like uh, Destiny is like you're constantly on a live server, but you're going through story stuff and you're yep. playing. Yeah, that's people. a good example. I, yeah, remember, you know. I, I remember when like the BR phase hit, right? Like PUBG oh, yeah. comes PUBG, out, Fortnite, Fortnite comes out, all this stuff. I went from playing like just League and StarCraft and maybe some Counter-Strike to playing PUBG every night because it's me and three friends and yeah. we're up against 25 other groups of four. You know what I mean? And yeah. we're trying to, we're trying to survive. Chris, I played with you. I played with yep. Derek and Andrew, my, um, Gorgas, my cousins down South. Um, I played with Kevin Larkin. I played with Sean Davis and all the time. And it was always a different crew and we were always having fun. And it didn't matter if we were in a car and the driver got us killed. It didn't matter if, you know, whatever. Because you die and you're like, ah, I slow back in. Okay, let's play again. (laughs) Run it back. Run it back. And and they count on that. Let me tell you. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, they know. 
they win. I mean, like, come on, like all these games, like I know that I am, I am like, you know, submitting myself to being like, yep, I'm, I'm playing your game and you know, you're going to hook me to play again. You know, you're going to get me to go, ah, one more drop, one more drop, but you know what? I don't care. Cause I'm having a good time. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's fun. Yep. And, and the, the cool part is the interaction with your friends. I don't care what the game is. If I'm having a good time with my friends, I'm having a good time with my friends. Sea of Thieves was a perfect example oh, man. of that, yeah. right? Sea of Thieves, the first time we played Sea of Thieves, okay, we pretty much had the Pirates of the Caribbean theme playing on loop, right? <laughs> like, we had YouTube on a second monitor playing Jack Sparrow's theme over and over. Like, we've all played it, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um We've we all, all we all got rum based drinks, right? Oh, and yeah. we're just sitting around being pirates. Right, we didn't know what the pirate. quests were, right? We just knew we had a boat and we tried not to crash it into things. And then we'd get to this island and there'd be a skeleton. What do you do when you see walking skeletons? You make it into a not walking skeleton, right? Like just, <laughs> we had a great time. And and I had a friend who would run around and like there's these little pigs in the game and she'd try to like capture them in cages and put them on the boat and then we'd keep it as a pet. But then the pig ate too many of our bananas. So we had to kill the pig. And it, like, it's just, it, it, it's so many good times playing these games. And, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I just love it. And, and I know you got hit hard with the quarantine in LA. You had to yeah. have, you probably still are way we worse still, than we are. Yeah. We're on like a, we're on like a, a like a stay at home order. So it's like no going out unless you absolutely have to. Um, and then it's like, I mean, we've had to wear masks here as a law, like wherever you go uh, since basically the beginning. I mean, they give tickets for it. Like they give tickets up to like 350 yeah. bucks if you're not wearing a mask. Wow. Um, I've gotten used to it. I mean, it's fine. Like if it's going to help others, like I'm going to do it, you know, yep. for, of course. So I'm all for it. Um, like I still go out and I go on bike rides. I went on one this morning and things like that. But it's like, you know, you wear a mask, you stay away from other people. But um, indoor dining has been closed for a long time. Yeah. The stay-at-home order, it was pretty much like, don't go out unless you have to. And you're not allowed to like be in a gathering with people that are not within your same household. Mm-hmm. So like, you're not allowed to go to like the park or whichever, like just to get out. Like you can walk around, but you pretty much have to stay away from people. So it's kind of weird because um, I went from I went from a very long game development cycle to where I couldn't do anything other than work. Um, because this game was just so big. It just had so much work to do. Yeah. Um, I loved every second of it, but we were basically for like 18 months or so, I'd say I just did nothing but work. Like 2019, all I did was work um, every day of the week, pretty much. And you get to a point where you're like, oh, like eventually it's going to end. I kind of can't wait for it to end because then I can finally get out in the world. And then we're getting close to the very end of it. And it's like February ish. And all of a sudden, Boom, they're like quarantine. Everyone's got to go home. Everyone's got to stay inside. So we get sent home for the last like two months of development, which was really difficult. And it just became crushing. Like it was like, it was a very hard time because we were all worried about what was going on. And I had to work. I had to finish this game. And, you know, we had a lot of issues towards the, like when our release was coming up because then we had, our game was leaked online and everyone kind of saw what was out of context, the story. And like, we got a lot of backlash, a lot of hate, and it was really hard to continue to work. We were just like, wow, like, you know, people are being really mean. It's got, you gotta like stay away from that stuff, but it's hard. So then the game releases and it's great. And like, then you start realizing I, nothing's gonna change all of a sudden. Like I don't have to work as much, but I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck inside. Right. I can't go out. We're not allowed to, I can't see friends. We can't have a launch party. I can't, get together with all my friends and grab drinks and actually celebrate 
we're having all these award shows now that we could have been getting dressed up for and going to and having a great time with friends, creating memories, going out for drinks, and we have to do it all on Zoom virtual. And uh, you don't get to like go out or like an after party or have a good time. And it's really, all of a sudden it became this like, wow, like this really sucks. And it's lasted the whole year, you know? So for me, I feel like I've been like shunned like inside for like, you know, almost two years. Um, uh, you know, forcibly for a year, pretty much. But I mean, yeah. um, it was better when we were working, obviously, because I got to see some of my closest friends. I mean, the best thing about working over at Naughty Dog and working on the team, the audio team there, was that the, the we, we spent so much time with each other. You spend like 20 hours a day with each other, you know, and they really became a family. You know, it, it felt very much like when we marched in drum corps, right? When you march in drum corps, like you get together in the beginning and you you quickly become like a family. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of know everybody and you feel comfortable with everybody. And that's how it became on this audio team. It was like, I, you could, you could feel that everybody was willing to do anything they needed to for you as well, vice versa. I would do for them just to help each other out. Yep. And that to me was, uh, I feel like I've strived for a good team like that, that you feel that comfortable with ever since I left drum corps because drum corps was like, man, like, I mean, you guys remember, right. It was like, you spend all this time with each other, become such a closely knit family. And then it was like, all of a sudden it was just like, Hey, we're all done. See you guys later. Or maybe never like Travis, I haven't seen you in person uh, since 2012. No, like, right. No, since that's Torrington. actually not true. Did I see you after that? We were at Jay Serta's new year's Eve party one year. Wait a second. Wait a second. It was the, it, it was the, Chris, the Christmas in after 2012. Wasn't, wasn't there a, uh, New Year's party or a Christmas party it was in a Maryland New- that we I all went to. I didn't go to one in Maryland. Where no. you were there? I went to Lawrence almost. I was every I was year in, in Lawrence Jersey. every year. Okay, I so I probably I probably saw you at Lawrence then. So okay, I saw then that's you. what it was. Okay, so I saw you there. But yeah. uh, I but I guess like consistently rather than just seeing you for like one day. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Not yeah, since no. tour, right? It's like what it feels uh-huh. like. Oh, Lauren, Lawrence uh, New Year's Eve parties were crazy they were they were, they were quite the time i would i would time. i would just like to interject and say that travis and i are still the pong champions still pong champions from that year yep <laughs> i feel like it was you that we played that we that we six owed you guys didn't I, even get a shot like no that. no no no. i always got a shot because i remember because i never had to do a naked run <laughs> uh, that's, that's right. no that's not what i remember i oh I, no 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 laura did i did not okay <laughs> Because <laughs> I remember, I'll never forget when Laura had to do hers because she was really a- already pretty drunk. Not that I want to talk about how other people do their parties, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, she was she was just like she didn't make one shot, and she was like, "Okay, just, <laughs> you got to own it." Ran, you have to and own ran it outside. We were like, it was her, and I think it might have been Gabe actually, and they jumped on the trampoline in Lawrence backyard. <laughs> That's oh right, goodness. and oh came God. back in. But uh, no, I definitely I, I made shots because I made sure that I had to always make one. Um, that's the minimum, right? Since you don't have to. to go through a naked run. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Like I was like, and it's like I know I'll have to, but I'm not. So I was like, I will make, I will make a shot. Um, but so, man, those parties were fun. So I gotta ask Jesse. Um, yeah. you know, it, 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 just kind of to, on the video game sphere right now. Uh, I, yeah. I actually have, I have two questions for you. Okay. One, is there any game in particular you're playing right now that you you're you're enjoying, or are you like trying to? get away from games a little bit because you've just worked on games for so long at this point, you know, on top of quarantine. Like, are you playing anything right now? Like, I know you mentioned yeah. Apex a couple times. 
Yeah, so the game that I like, I just recently finished it, but I still jump back in and play a little bit, was I really enjoyed playing Miles Morales, the Spider-Man game. Ooh, it okay. came out, I had, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had friends that worked on it, and they did an amazing job. I mean, it was so good. And I just also, the game that I worked on was so... I love that game that I worked on. It's so depressing. It's meant to be depressing. It's like a post-apocalyptic world. It does not end in a happy story. It's not right. meant to. Um, and I, I love stories like that, but it was pretty, like, it's crushing. And you sit in that world, a, like, gruesome world for years. Um, you know, you start dreaming of all, like, the, the killings that happen. So all of a sudden, I play this game, Miles Morales, and it's, like, it's more light. It's fun. It's a good time. Uh, I really enjoyed that game. Uh, I, I need to play it one more time to platinum it, and I got everything else in the game. And yeah, I'd say that was that's probably a game that I've been playing. I haven't gotten Cyberpunk yet. Um, I'm not sure if Cyberpunk's gonna be the game for me. It's not the type of game like I get kind of bored with those games. Not because of like it being Cyberpunk. It's just they they're normally slower up, you know, builds, so yeah. they take a little bit more for me to yeah. get into. However, if I do get it, I might wait until the PS5 patch comes out. Um, yes. Because I, I kind of want to wait for the PS5 uh, version. Because um, I think, you know, I'm, everyone struggled this year with making video games, getting things pushed out the door or whichever. So I'm sure they have a lot they want to put in the game that they haven't been able to. Yeah. Um, but I have friends who are playing it right now and they're going through that. So Spider-Man was the, the last game that I played and I still jump in and play a little bit of. Nice. Yeah, nice. it was a okay. great game. So then the the other part of the question is, you know, you guys launched uh, Last of Us Part Two. Was it April or May? Or no, uh, was, it, was it? I don't remember what the specific launch it was date June. was. June. Oh, was it, it was, June? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and uh, I, I remember it. it. I remember it being delayed a, a couple times, but um, yeah. So we had we had a few delays um, just because we needed to finish the game. Yeah. And then we were pretty much done with the game. It was June nineteenth. That's right. June nineteenth. Um, okay. Yeah. And yeah. then we were pretty much done with the game and quarantine hit. And it was like, we basically, we got thrown in and it was like, oh, hey, uh, you need to be able to support over 400 people working through a VPN and streaming the game off their own internet now. Oof. And it was like, our IT department, I, I've never seen an IT department work as fast and as efficiently as they did. They got the entire company up and running within a few days. Wow. Somehow. And then within two weeks, like it was like pretty solid. Like they were like, because when we first started, it was like, I would log into the VPN and no joke, my internet would, would um, what do you call it? Would like uh, throttle down to two for my upload and download. Two. Wow. And it was like, you would like move the joystick and the character would sit there for like 10 seconds and then be like, <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, they got us our own VPN to be able to work. They worked with Sony and got everything figured out. So that delayed us a little bit there. And then we were done and it was like, countries are closed. Manufacturers can't make the discs. They can't even drive the trucks over into countries. Nobody can go out and get them. Like nobody in Italy is going to get the game. It was like, you're going to have to just do a downloadable copy. And it was mm -hmm. like, but people pre-ordered the actual copy. So we delayed because of that. And it went to June. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah we, we, had, we, we definitely had some delays. So then I, I guess the, the, the question is, um, now that Last of Us is over and you guys have won all these awards, which are well-deserved, um, you know, it was, I, I, did, I didn't play the game. Uh, I, yeah. I've always been an Xbox person. The one game series I've yeah. actually been incredibly jealous of that's not on Xbox is actually Last of Us. Um, oh, yeah. And, and typically for games it's a great like that, series. Yeah. For those games, um, there's a YouTuber that I watch. His name is uh, The Rad Brad. And he actually, oh, okay. he does playthroughs of the games. And, and oh, cool. And will do walkthroughs of single 
single player story games. So the Uncharted nice. games, like you mentioned, The yeah. Last of Us is actually how I found him. So of course I watched his Last of Us uh, Part Two. So I, I it's cool. kind of cheating in a way. Um, hey, you've seen it though. Yeah, I've I've seen it and I've, I've experienced it, and it was like legitimately even just not playing it and yeah. watching it through someone else's eyes is like holy shit, like. It was it was incredible. I, I I don't know that I had anything bad to say about the game watching it. Um, this the, the oh, way thanks, that man. it developed and everything. No, it was just it was a phenomenal game. But the the question is, what's next for <laughs> Naughty? Are you allowed to talk about it? Is it classified? Is there like a new project you're working on, or for now, is it just like, you know, you're you're developing a um a portfolio of sounds to be used in the future? Are you assisting other teams? Like, what's going on? Uh, yeah, you know, in in Naughty Dog's space. So I'd have to say anything that is going on is classified. I'm not allowed to talk about anything. Under understandable. Uh, so I, I, I can't talk about anything, but I can say like, uh, I'm always creating sounds to be used. You know, okay. it's like, that's like part of my job just as like, as a sound designer, as I'm always recording or listening to stuff or playing stuff. I have no idea when I'm, I mean, I literally create, would create sounds and then like you use it like five years later because you're like, oh, that sound I recorded like five years ago, you know? Um, and, uh, and I record stuff all over the place. Like I, I even have sounds in the last of us part two that I recorded with my iPhone. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. I so just, you're like, just, you, your mind is always engaged then, right? You're every time I hear something like, that's interesting, I record it, you know, pulling it's just out like, shit and you're like, okay, can we do that again? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like I have, like, I literally have a recording on my phone. Um, I have a recording on my phone that I recorded. It was years ago. And funny enough, it was in New York city in a hotel near the park that I, I, took my mom and my, like me and my mom, and my sister went to New York city just for like Christmas time. You know, we would go every year. Um, cause you know, living right in New Jersey, you're just yeah. like, okay, we'll take the, t take the train in. And we would go for a little bit and I went down to go to the bathroom and in, there was nobody in the bathroom and in this bathroom, they had these doors that you would open. And it was just like the most amazing sound ever. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so nobody was in there. So I took my phone out and I recorded this. See if you guys can hear it. I don't even know where it is in the recording. Let's see. There it is. What the heard hell? That. So that's the door. When you just turn the handle and the lock comes out. And I was like amazed by it. And I used it like at least three times in The Last of Us. I just cleaned up the recording, took out the reverb and put it in. And it was like, damn. So I always tell people, like anybody who does sound and they're always like, oh, like what recorder should I get? And things like that. It's like, it sounds cheesy as hell, but it's like the best recorder is the one you have in your hand. You know, you always have to record something. So right now, like that's kind of what I'm doing. We're just documenting the stuff that we did on the previous game, and I'm creating my own sounds. And uh, yeah, that's do you, that's kind of kind of where I'm at. Do you guys ever like? I would imagine at least this would be me, right? Do you guys ever do like challenges at work, or like you know, or, <laughs> or try to like you know one up each other on like a different sound you can create? Like somebody walks in one day and they're like, "Hey, I, I challenge you to make this sound under these conditions. <laughs> Figure it out." It's just like some I Spy game for audio engineers. I feel like that would just be a blast if you. We've do done shit stuff like that. similar to that. We've okay. done stuff like uh, sound. We call them like like sound jams, where it's like just to get like we did one early on with like a lot of the Sony people. Like so, Sony has you know obviously like a bunch of different studios: Insomniac, Sony Santa Monica, Naughty Dog, like all these different studios. And uh, we tried to get like a bunch of people together uh, at one of the studios, and it was like they gave out like five video clips, and it was like choose like from movies. And I was like, choose a video clip, 15, 20 seconds, and make sound to it. And then we'd all get together and just listen to all of them. You know, over like, have have some food, some drinks, and stuff like that. And listen to them and critique, or be like, oh, like, that's cool. Like, how'd you do this? Like, what plugins did you use? And just kind of like, you know, kick back and listen to it all. Mm -hmm. um, so we've done that before. But definitely, like, 
it's it's really interesting when you hear people who have like different recordings of stuff and you're always like oh like what is that like how'd you get that recording or like what did you do and we do try to when we have the time because typically when we're working it's like there's so much content to make you just have to keep working but we share our stuff with each other all the time for uh feedback so like there are so many times i'll make stuff or i'll do like a scene and i'm like i think it's sounding good and i'll call in a few sound designers and be like hey can you come in and listen to this and they'll come in and they'll take a listen to it and they'll tell me what they like tell me what they don't like tell me what oh it'd be cool if you did this it'd be cool if you did that so you get a ton of like collaboration mm -hmm. with all of your fellow co-workers and sound designers and that's how you get all the really good stuff is that you have to be able to take like you know criticism and all that stuff and it uh it really makes the job that much better because you get like different ideas from people that you're like oh man like i wouldn't have thought of that but that's a great idea like one ups like what you're gonna make and then you're like i gotta like i always try to make things to impress my other either not necessarily my coworkers, but just like make things that hopefully somebody in the sound world will listen and go "Ooh, that was cool like i wonder what they did for that it's like i always try to like make something interesting in like the sound world so similar but i guess not exactly like uh you know it's like a competition yeah so yeah so so yeah. my question kind of has to go with what you just talked about right like you're doing your job and something that would mean something to you or would be cool to you is to have one of your peers be like oh that's cool like i like how he did that right like, yeah the way he made that particular door open or whatever like it sounded accurate yeah is that you when you play a game? Like you're walking up to a door that you didn't design and you're like, ooh, I wonder how they did this or whatever it is. Or, and, and, and another thing is when you're walking around in the real world, if you're going to a restaurant, are you thinking, ooh, that's a nice looking, ooh, that's like a solid oak door? Yeah. <laughs> Those hinges look a little rusty over there. I wonder if, you, you know. You see like, Jesse walking up to it, putting his ear against it, knocking on it a few times. You're, on, just the, like, oh, you're on the sidewalk. Nice. Like, huh. Five out of these, ten door. You're on the sidewalk. <laughs> the, oh, the way these sneakers are like, you know, oh. there's a little bit of gravel on there. Like, I'm getting a good sound effect here. So I am absolutely that person. So like, like you described me to a T. Like when I listen to games or listen to movies, I listen to things and I go, ooh, like that was interesting. Once I hear something that's interesting, then I'm like, who worked on this? Who did this? And I can look up who did it. Maybe I know them or, you know, or not. Um, there's all, also the vice versa. When I hear things that like, I know sound effects by the name of like the sound, like the, the file name. So like, when you have ones that are very traditional that like have been used for like decades, I don't like to use them because I'm like, make something new. So when I hear them in movies, I'm always like, ah, oh, like stop using that. Like it's lazy. And I get like super annoyed. But when I'm out and about, actually this happened the other day on Thursday, Friday, Friday, um, I was going for a bike ride and I stopped for a little bit. I live like down near the beach. So I'm like uh, a mile away from like the Marina. So I'll ride near there sometimes. And there's like, um, you know, people, rowing in the water and stuff like that and i've never gone rowing um so if i ever had to create sound for somebody rowing because like my my thing is when i create sound for something like that i want to create it so that for the person let's say i had to create a sound for let's say it's a film and it's someone rowing right on like on, the, on a river right someone who actually rows is going to have certain sounds that they don't even realize they know that give them a, a nostalgic feeling if i get it right they might go, oh man, like I feel like I was back in the boat rowing. Like I, they, I want someone who knows it to feel that immersion, right? That's like the point is to get somebody like, 
like with when you have rain, like we all know the sound of an East Coast storm, like in the rain, like the hope is that I get enough detail that somebody who listens to it feels like, wow, I missed the rain. Like they, they feel that. So I was riding my bike and I'd stop for a little bit and I just hear a sound and I turn and I see two people rowing and it uh, gave me like, like I said, I've never rowed. So I've never had to look into it. I've never had to design for it. And they're rowing and they're pulling their, I guess, oars right back. And as they pull them forward and they coast, the rows chip on the water very slightly. They get this like, you get this like, and then you get this, and you get this chipping of the rows. And it kept happening. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting sound. Like, I never would have thought of that. And I guess that like somebody who rows, and then I saw another group come by and they did the exact same thing. So I'm like, okay, like it's part of like, the technique of just how you rest your hands when you're getting ready to row again, that that will happen. It will chip against the water and you get this like skipping sound. And I was, it gave me like an idea where I was like, wow, now I know like that's probably something key to like tap into. If I ever have to create that sound, I should do that because the person who rows will think of that. So of course I pulled out my phone and I quickly took a video and just recorded the person coming by so that I will remember for if I ever need it, that that like, I'll remember mm -hmm. kind of what that sounds like. And I have that like sitting, sitting in a folder of like ideas that's like, if ever I need to create that sound, that might be a key element that I pop into because it's what stuck out to me, which means it's probably what sticks out to somebody else who has gone through that experience. Yeah, so, no, that's not that's me. That's, <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. Like we I'm found the most I'm like the most annoying person probably. Like when we're out, like and like when I'm around sound people, we'll all be the same. You're just sitting there talking and all of a sudden you hear like somebody close a garage door in the distance and like somebody in the room will go, Ooh, that's a good sound. And then like that's it, you move on with your day because you can't go and record it unless you want to ask if you can go record it, which sometimes we do, uh, you know, um, and record anything that's interesting. My mom's old garage door back when I lived in New Jersey was broken. I recorded it like just a ton of it one year, just because it was cool. Years later, I ended up using it all over the place in Last of Us too, because it was like a cool broken garage door. Mm -hmm. But I'm that person who hears that sound randomly or hears a nice, like you said, like oak door or whichever, and you hear it open, you go, ooh, that's solid. <laughs> that's a like, solid door right there even the story you told about like the bathroom of that one place where you <laughs> had to record the door right? i had to right like most people are thinking oh man i gotta pee i gotta pee and you're thinking yeah. oh man i gotta get this clip i gotta get this clip. <laughs> <laughs> well nobody was in there too so i was like i mean i've done it before where people like have seen me and they're like what the hell like i was in like a parking garage i don't know years ago i was going to see a movie and i'm like running down to go to the movie theater to meet my friends and i pull this gate open and it just goes like I was like, wow. And it's like rubbing on the paint because it was just painted. So like the paint is still rubbing because it's, it's like a little too thick. So it's hitting like the, the hinges and stuff. Yeah. I pulled out, I went right back to my car, I grabbed my recorder, came out and I recorded it. And somebody walked down the stairs and saw me going like, boom, boom. And they just like looked at me and I was like, oh, hi. And I let them like pass me and they were probably so confused. And the moment they left and were out of the stairwell, I just started again. And I got a bunch of recordings and I used it. And I kind of just get to a point where I'm like, Eh, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna do it. That's uh, too crazy. And I, re I record with like a small recorder, or if I have to use my phone, I will. It's obviously not the best, but it will work. Um, and then I have like actual recorders and microphones and things like that. I got one, one here, just like in like a nice a little case. You know? Like, don't really need that on it, but it's got microphones in there. Um, and you take those out and stuff like that. But um, yeah, man, like that's that's me. Like, I'm out. My ears are always on. So, you know, you, you've, you've talked about your journey, you know, basically, yeah. uh, in, how you got into video games, how you used to play, you concentrated on, on 
you know, music and, and trumpet yeah. playing and you did all your years of drum corps and all that sort of stuff. And you got into the video gaming industry. Yeah. Um, I guess for anybody who might be listening to this and they're curious about the educational side of things, right? They want to know that, you know, they, they love video games. Maybe they don't want to be a computer programmer. Maybe they don't want to be a graphic designer or, sure. you know, what, uh, however, I know there's a million different things within esports and gaming and, and all that sort of oh, stuff, sure. but they, they want to follow a similar path that you did. I mean, what's in, in just kind of like a short form, what's, what's yeah. the educational journey to get to where you got? So, yeah. So everyone's the one thing I will say is like, everyone's journey will always be different. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to share like what my journey was, you know, sure. from the educational standpoint. Um, I mean, I originally went to college at Berkeley college of music. I went there for, uh, originally for jazz trumpet performance, thinking I'm going to be in big bands the rest of my life to only discover that that was not the popular music and it's no longer the fifties. Um, <laughs> and I was crushed, you know, uh, Damn it. and then I, I was like, what do you mean? We mean people don't like to swing anymore. Um, so uh, that's originally what I went for music. And then I, I got into their like music production and engineering program. I learned a lot about music engineering and just, you know, sound engineering in general. And I knew I loved movies and I kind of wanted, I found sound design and it was like, Oh, I really want to do this. The advice that I could ever give is always, there's multiple things that make a successful journey into this career. Like if you want to do sound or whichever, one of them is, know your craft mm -hmm. be passionate about your craft. Don't do it for the money. Don't do it for fame. Definitely not going to get that. Don't do it for, uh, awards or anything like that. Do it because you love it or don't, or don't do it, you know? Um, and work hard at just trying to make sure that you are doing the best job that you possibly can with that. Second thing is being a good people person. It's like 90% of like the job is just showing up and like being a good person. You know, you want to, you have to spend eight, nine hours, 10 hours or longer with the, with these people when they're going to hire you. Yes. They want good sound design, but they also want to know that you're like a likable person and that you will help each other. You'll be there for one another. They want to know that that's like a huge family sense part that studios really want. They want to make sure that you, you know, like that's just a big part of like even our interview process is like how well are they going to gel with everybody? Can I stand being with this person for 20 hours a day or am I going to hate them? I'd rather have someone who's not as good at sound design, but they're an awesome person than someone who's like an absolute dick and they're like the best sound designer on the planet. I would choose the lesser sound designer every day. Um, you know, so there's that. The industry is a small industry. So like, you know, everyone you meet, you'll run into again. Um, and then there's all these different stepping stones for games, at least, which is way, there's way more opportunities getting into games, I feel, than there is like film and TV. Film and TV is always like who you know, and it's just like, hopefully you can get on a gig. And if not, then you're going to like, it's going to be tough. And the games, like, so I had a, a friend of mine, uh, really, really great guy. Uh, he act I actually did a, a talk for Berkeley when I was out here. And it was like, oh, there's going to be Berkeley people who are out in LA and we want someone from like the game industry who can talk about their experiences working in games and stuff like that. And they asked me to talk. So I said, sure, absolutely. I'll do it. I went, I did a talk. I got business cards from people who wanted to stay connected. And I said, absolutely. I said, I'd like to give back as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people like, if you know someone who like, you know, they, they have questions and things like that, as long as I have time. They can send me stuff they've worked on. I'll give them feedback or I'll talk with them on the phone. I've done this to random strangers who contact me on LinkedIn and just like, oh, I just have a few questions. The best way to contact somebody, which is how my friend did this, was not, you never contact somebody and say, I need a job. 
can your company hire me or can you hire me? Because like, I don't know you. If I don't know that person, it's like, no, I can't hire you. I don't even know you. What you do is you ask for advice from people. You should always ask people like, hey, you know, can I one day maybe go, go get a cup of coffee with you or can I call you on Zoom or whichever? If you ever have time and just ask a couple of questions and ask good questions and just try to like build a relationship with somebody who's maybe already in the industry and then be okay with sending your material to people. Cause I did that. I would send material to someone and say, Hey, like any feedback you have, like you might hate this, but like, did I do anything right? Do you see any progress? And people would send me back notes and I'd be like, sometimes I send you notes and it's like, yeah, it's not good. These are the reasons why. And you have to like sit there and be like, okay, I have to fix those things. You can't mm -hmm. just get like upset about it, you know? So being able to put yourself out there and um, this guy that I work with, uh, his name's Philip. He was someone who I didn't know. I met him at that event gave me his business card. We stayed in touch. He just like, if he had questions, he would message me on Facebook and be like, Hey man, like I got a question for you. If you have a moment, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. What's up. And he would just ask questions and things like that. And then one day he was like, just talking with me about like, yeah, I'm thinking about like, I'd love to get into the game industry. He doesn't really do, you know, at the time you like, I don't really do too much sound design. He's actually a really good musician, like a touring musician. I think he's toured with like, I think he toured with the Backstreet Boys at one point. Like he's just like nice. done a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but he was like, you know, I kind of eventually want to settle down and I don't want to keep doing on these tours and I need something. So I told him, I said, Hey, look, um, since you don't sound as and things like that, and he was a good guy. I was like, you could, if you want, you could, um, you know, put yourself out there for a, a, a QA job, quality assurance job. Ooh, and okay. you get a, it's a, it's a great entry stepping stone point into games, right? You jump in, it's entry level. You don't need to know much. You just have to be a good person who's sharp. And that was him. And I was like, I was like, it doesn't pay a ton, but like, you'll get a ton of experience. You'll meet a ton of people. And he was like, yes, I would love to do that. I said, look, I'll put you up for the job. I'll give you a recommendation. It's all I can do. And then you, if they pick you for an interview, it's up to you. So I did that. He nailed his interview and they hired him and he ended up getting put on the audio QA team, which is what he wanted. And he ended up helping us out with audio. He learned a ton about audio. He now does his own sound design. He's working at that. He's constantly making music. And he works with us and I couldn't be happier with the work that he, he did to help us with this game. And I think he's the perfect example of like someone who just like came in and was like, I just have questions. And eventually you, you get to know that person and you're like, yeah, man, that's a cool guy. I'll recommend you. And then you get someone to do that. So that's just a journey that like, I always like to share and, you know, you gotta be like a go, a go get them person in this industry. You gotta be that person who you get that first gig and you're like, I'm all in, you know, like yeah. when I, when I moved out here, I transferred my job working at the Apple store. And in two weeks I got a job at Formosa and they were like, I went on for like a couple days here and there and I tried to work it with Apple. And then they were like, we want you to come on like basically full time. And I was like, this is the first time ever. I'm going to have to quit my job at Apple and I'm going to go full time with money, like the money that I make is going to be fully from sound, which I had never done before. It was like, I would always make money from sound, but it wasn't enough to like live off of. Yeah. And I was like, oof, like this is going to be tough. And I was so terrified because I was like, what if it doesn't work out? Like it doesn't work out. Like I, I want to have a job I'm leaving like a good steady job with, with benefits. And sometimes you just need to take a leap and you kind of just, you know, you kind of have to just put yourself out there. And I think I learned that from drum corps. I learned that from, marching in, uh, you know, sir, from marching in the cadets. And I learned that from like, live every day, you know, like it's your last or like, you know, put a hundred percent in trying to be perfect, knowing that you'll never achieve perfection and just really, really try, like take that leap. And that's what I did. I've taken a bunch of leaps and there's a great quote from 
Uh, I can't remember the entire quote because it's a long quote, but I remember it's actually from Steve Harvey, which is really funny. Um, but he talks about it on his show. He'll talk like beforehand to people. And he mentioned one day, you know, if you never jump, you'll never fly. Yeah, you know? I've seen this. Yep. I've seen that. that, right? Where yep. he's like, you'll jump and you'll come bashing down on the rocks. and But one day that parachute's going to open and one day you're going to fly. But he was like, but if you never jump, you'll never fly. And I've always thought about that and been like, when I have to take that leap, even when I decided to go work at Naughty Dog, it was a contract job when I first started. And it was like, well, I could possibly not get hired afterwards, but I took that leap and it worked out. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. This is actually going to be part one of a two-part episode. We recorded for over three hours of just awesome conversation, flashbacks, memories, so on and so forth that uh, we didn't want to cram it all into one three-hour-long episode. So stay tuned for part two. Should be coming out here over the next couple days if it hasn't already. Give a look on your favorite podcasting platform, wherever you may listen, and find episode 21, part two. Appreciate you guys listening. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll catch you all in the next one. Peace.